Internets, I want to put you on to Stereo. It's an app for live social conversations, and I want to talk directly with you, our listeners. You could join our show, ask questions about the latest episodes, and share your experiences and opinions. I want to hear everything from you guys. So download Stereo now. It's available on the Apple Store and Google Play. It's called Stereo. You understand? How do you do it? It's simple. You just download the Stereo app and then follow the show at Stereo.com forward slash premium Pete Show. Again, Stereo.com forward slash premium Pete Show. Go to that. It'll bring you right to the app. You download it. Listen to me. I love Stereo and I know you will too. Let's get the convo going. And here's another podcast that's a must listen now. Built to Last is a podcast by American Express that highlights the stories, history, and continued legacy of Black-owned small business that shape American culture. Internet, tune in now on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Internets, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Before we get started with this week's episode, first and foremost, peace and blessings to you and yours, okay? I am so excited about this episode coming up. The kid in me is so excited that I got a chance to sit down with one of my favorite prank callers, comedians, the creator of Jerky Boys, Johnny Brennan, okay? He speaks about how they sold millions and millions of copies of CDs, um, you know, how they got their own movie, how they're back. The Jerky Boys are back. So listen, okay? If you never heard of the Jerky Boys, I want you to go on YouTube or wherever and search for some of these prank calls. I mean, some of the funniest, funniest prank calls I ever heard in my life. Now, if you've been rocking with me since day one, since the late, great Combat Jack, okay, let's always send prayers and blessings to him and his family. Energy never dies. I miss you, my brother, okay? So those who've been rocking with me since day one, the Combat Jack show days, salute. If you're the first-time listener, welcome. The Premium Pete Show, you know what it is? It's a place where you're going to hear from people from all walks of life. You never know who I'm going to sit down with. could be an athlete, an actor, an artist, or a comedian, or somebody with a great story. But listen, before we get to this week's episode, I want you to open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, and let me know where you're listening from. Check the fuck in, okay? And we're on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to us. We're starting to put a lot of videos up there, full clips behind the scenes. And of course, subscribe, rate, and leave a comment to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, more importantly, I want to thank everybody who has ordered Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce. If you don't know, it's a 100-year-old family recipe. It's my grandmother's recipe. And when she passed away on the year that it was the anniversary that she passed, I dropped the sauce in memory of her. I don't want to sit there and, and, and just think of how much I miss her you know, and how upset I am. I wanted to put out there to the world her recipe. And we've sold thousands of jars. Internets, thank you for the support. But continue to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce. And if you want to buy some, go to Sauce.com today. 100-year-old family recipe. It will have your house smelling great and your dishes taken to a next level. Internets, I don't want to say no more. You know what it is. I appreciate you. Okay. When we do have ads, make sure you support them. Show up and show out. Okay. So we can keep this, uh, you know, premium peach show going, man. We've been doing this fucking thing for so long. Anyway, internets, I am proud to announce today's episode with Johnny Brenner, the creator of the Jerky Boys. Let's get to it. Frank Rizzo. Cheer. 
Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internets. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show cause milk said so fuck what you heard better act like you know it's the premium pete show internets welcome back to another episode of the premium pete show sitting down here with one of one guest that i wanted to have on for a while okay this guy uh is been in film uh com comedian uh prank call i would say og or even connoisseur We, we have to give you credit for being one of the original prank callers Somebody, when I grew up, I found so much humor from uh, Johnny Brennan, one half of the, uh, or, or let's just say the Jerky Boys, the incredible, iconic, legendary Jerky Boys. Johnny, what's up, sir? What's going on, man? Listen, I'm glad that we're able to sit down here. It's the morning time. We're sipping on some, uh, what do you got, some uh, coffee over there? Yeah, I got a little cup of coffee going here, a little uh, the curing, the little coffee cups, a delicious cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm messing with this vanilla chai latte. I got all fancy and shit ever since I moved to Jersey. You know, I think I forgot what the fuck I was in New York, you know? You know, I'll tell you what, though. I, 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 you go out and you try to get a cup of coffee outside, a good cup of coffee, and it's almost impossible. But you have here this Keurig, or Keurig whatever the hell it's called, and it makes a perfect cup of coffee every time. So, You know, it, it's, for those of you who don't know me, and I, well, hold on. For those of you who don't know John, okay, I want people to know Jerky Boys. I was telling you this earlier. Okay, there's a lot of people who know Jerky Boys. Jerky Boys was so many things became a film. It was prank calls. There was CDs. And we'll learn more and more about today. But what I really want to go through is for people who know, I want them to learn some things. For those who don't know, I want you guys to understand. For me, this is some of the funniest stuff that I dealt with as content wise growing up. So I'm glad that these guys, you know, Jerky Boys is coming back and you know, they got a new deal and there's like a lot of things going on. There's a bunch of new prank calls out there and we'll get to that. OK, but I want to go back as early as you're born in New York, right? Yes. Born in Manhattan, New York City, uh, Lenox Hill Hospital, 1961. You know, a lot of your content, I would say, was so giddy and so funny. You know, the prank call is the prank call is almost like a fart to me. Right. Like people always find a fart funny for some reason. I, you know, I don't know why, you know, when people talk about a fart or a prank call. It's like one of those things, you know, I feel like me personally, I took a long time to mature. Would you say that your content and growing up and creating the jerky boys was you just being a kid for a long time? Um, yeah, I, 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 I guess, I mean, I wouldn't think of it any other way. I was always, uh, I, I was always constantly, you know, fucking with people, you know, I was, um, you know, it, 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 you know, it, I should. It, I didn't think about it. I just did what I did. Things that made me laugh. I did things that I thought were funny, and uh, I did them for me. And I, I, I wasn't doing them for other people. And you know, I guess in school I was like a, a bit of a cut up and a jackass. Um, but I, I never thought about it. I never thought about it. Like, hey, you know, let me try to be funny. I just, I just, you know, I just did what I did. And um, and and that's pretty much how it went, you know, 
for for those who listening who, like I said, may not know, when did Jerky Boys debut? Like, when was that? I guess you could say that it it, it started to really uh, explode um, in the mid eighties. Is when it was you know on on radio all over the place. Um, so I say probably eighty four, eighty five, and that somewhere in that neighborhood. But um, mind you, you're you, you're pranking you're you're creating content are you actually like thinking of these ideas are you going home like you know for those who know this tremendous funny characters sal rosenberg uh frank rizzo um um who else do do we have um, sal rosenberg frank rizzo jack tours you had nico the greek you had big old badass bob the uh cattle rustler uh uh you know there was a whole a litany of characters but it wasn't it, you know, it was it was just by accident. I think that's the beauty of the Jerky Boys. It wasn't. I had no intentions of becoming famous. I, I wasn't. I wasn't creating content uh, for anything or anyone or any company. I was just doing stuff for my 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 brothers and my my family, and that we could have a chuckle. Um, and but somehow the world, you know, got a hold of it, and and that the rest is history. But I, I had no intention. You know, I wasn't out there looking to say, hey, I'm going to be the next, uh, you know, this guy or that guy. Or, you know, I, I, I had no interest in that. I it was not. It just happened. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, you, it also happened in a time where, you know, the world was a different place. So it's like people were figured to get a job, not prank call people. So nobody right. could have pictured, you know, a lot of our parents or people at that time. It was like, that's not a job or they wouldn't look at that as that's something that could change your life, which it which it, which it did. Would you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it, 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 it there's nothing in the world that's, you know, Howard Stern said it, you know, decades ago. He said there'll never be another jerky voice. I mean, you know, it, it, it was something that was just perfectly in time, um, almost like magic. It was perfectly in time for where it had to be. and is still endeared and loved. And you're talking about, you know, many, many decades and, and still loved. So it's about the characters. It's about, um, it's about, I guess it's just about how it makes you feel. You listen to the jerky boys and, and when you, you, it's, it's off the charts. It's, it's just silliness. It's craziness, but, but it's something that um, is based on people that are real, you know, that lived. You know, that that were here and um, they were truly characters. And I um, I just exaggerated them a little bit and um, turned it into cartoon type form. And to this day, people just loved to play the jerky boys and listen to the jerky boys. Well, well, let's let's. I, let's I think the only thing you say is one of a kind. I think yeah, yeah, no, it, is, it is. It is one of a kind. But more importantly, the jerky boys. Where did that name even come from? That name was given to the group by, you know, all this franchise of characters by my mom. Um, I tell the story uh, over and over, and it's, it's a funny story. My mom was washing the dishes. And I'm um, on the phone about 10 feet from my mom while she's washing the dishes. And uh, she's listening, obviously listening to the conversation I'm having with the, uh, the record label. And this is right before we're officially putting out um, the first record. And... Um, we're trying to think of a name because on the street, everybody's calling it the, the auto mechanic. Uh, everybody's calling it the Frank Rizzo tapes. Um, and everybody had their own name because it was on the street. It was the, the largest bootleg in history. 
So everybody's got their little funky little name for it. Now I'm trying to think uh, like, all right, I'm telling it. Well, this is this, this is that. And we're all going back and forth on the phone. And my mom hears this and she says, why don't you just call it the fucking jerky boys? And as soon as she said that, I was like, bam, I was like, and the guys on the phone were like, holy shit. Everybody at the same time was like, oh my God, that's it. The jerky boys. And, and so that's where, that's where the name came from. My mother, my mom actually came up with the name, the jerky boys. Um, and that once, once she blurted that out, that was it. We, everybody was like, holy crap, man. What a great, that, that was it. And that's how we got the name. Did, did did mom believe that it was real? Like, meaning, when did the family believe it was real? Like, because you know, you, when you say record label, you guys put out a CD like an artist with prank calls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how, do you remember the numbers or how many it sold? Oh, millions and millions, multi platinum uh, for each of the albums. Um, it, it is, you know, it, but um, yeah, my, you know, it was just. Um, I, I guess the best thing I could say it was just something that the world needed that, you know, you know, I came up with these characters, you know, Sal Rosenberg, when I do Sal Rosenberg, I'm literally doing my mom. I mean, when I do Frank Rizzo, I'm, I'm literally doing my dad, you know, uh, and, and what I did was uh, I just knew growing up that these people, this, these characters are larger than life. So, um, I was able to see that luckily enough and, um, kind of, turn them into cartoon kind of beings and, um, and, and be able to put them in situations and, and, and go. And that's what people listen to. And to this day, that's what people kind of dig is these insane scenarios with these uh, larger than life characters. Who is your favorite character? My favorite character that I, do is um or my, my favorite one of my favorites to do is a jack Torse, my gay character i love doing jack um jack I mean, can, we, can we hear for the people who don't know who jack Torse is can we hear listen you silly little bastard jack is he's uh, i like to get my beauty rest and right now you're pissing me the fuck off no see jack jack everybody loves jack because jack is the original diva you have to remember something Jack Torse goes back decades ago. I was doing Jack Torse when I was when I was just a kid, a little kid. I was doing it. So, but and and when I was doing that character, it was taboo. You couldn't do that stuff. And um, I'll never forget. I did commercials for Anheuser Busch Budweiser beer. I did commercials for them in nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight or ninety nine. I, I don't remember, but um. It was a big contract and Jack Torres got a bunch of commercials and they were off the charts. Hilarious. But Anheuser-Busch, at the end of the day, they knew the commercials were great, but, but they were still afraid to go with them. Why? Because Jack Torres was, you know, the, you know, the original diva, you know, yeah. from a, I was doing a gay character. And and this is the 1990s, mm. and so they what they did was they focus grouped, they 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 um they they I don't know how you would you, they got the uh, limelight nightclub, and they invited all the gay community to come to the nightclub to to watch the new commercials that I had made with my gay character, and they went over 
overwhelmed. Everybody was like, oh, you're kidding me? This is the funniest stuff we've ever seen. And still, for some reason, they were just afraid to go with, with those spots. So it was a very successful campaign with my other characters, you know, Sal and Frank and, and the other characters. But uh, they were just still not ready yet at the time to pull the plug and go with the gay character. So that just goes to show you how far we've come. Yeah. Yeah. We came a long way. You know, um, when I was speaking about mom and, and thinking it was real, what, what did mom do? What did dad do growing up? <laughs> my dad ran uh, high rise buildings in New York City. Uh, residential, uh, you know, like real fancy joints, like on Fifth Avenue, Park Avenue, on the West Side. So my dad and his brothers were very, very uh, famous in their own right. You had five, uh, five brothers in the same field, Irish immigrants. So um, the, uh, the New, York, New Yorker magazine, I believe it was, uh, did a special piece on my, my, my dad and his brothers. My dad was the second oldest uh, of the five brothers, and it was called the Brennan Brothers, and it was a 57 or 58-page article. Uh, the, the longest article in New Yorker magazine uh, since the bombing of Hiroshima. And um, it was an, an amazing article on these five brothers that uh, pretty much ran Fifth Avenue, Park Avenue, and all these, uh, all these amazing uh, uh, buildings around New York City. So, and my mom, was, uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. You know, she raised, you know, five children, my, 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 me and my, sure. my, my, my brothers and my sister. So and I'm the oldest of my group, my my brother's sister. So it was it was a very, very amazing and interesting upbringing, you know, uh, to be raised in New York City at that time. I remember me and my sister on the weekend sneaking out of the house. We were like 15, 16 years old. And we'd go down to Max's Kansas City and we'd go to CBGB's. And, you know, we were seeing uh, Deborah Harry and the Ramones before they were anybody. Um, but. To be born and raised in, in New York City at that time was just extraordinary. Now, now a lot of people knew before the movie, and we'll get to that, um, but a lot of people knew your voice or they knew your characters. I don't know if they necessarily knew your face. When, 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 did, when did you start to get that popularity where you were outside, where people, you know, knew who the fuck you were? And, and how, did you, how did that, how did, you know, how did you react to that? That was obviously, um, you know, before any of that, I started to see a little bit of it, you know, when, um, you know, you get the notoriety for, uh, you know, the records and things like that. You're selling millions of records. But um, it wasn't until, uh, you know, the movie. I mean, let's let's face it. Let's be honest. I mean, when when Disney started, you know, with that movie. You know, you're you're on every billboard. I, I I remember going out to Los Angeles. You know, here you are. You you live in New York, New York, and you go out to Los Angeles, and you're on every billboard. You can't drive, you can't drive two blocks without seeing another billboard with the Jerky Boys, and and um, so that's pretty much the time. And but I, I really didn't that that didn't bother me because I you know I'm not that, that whole type that whole celebrity thing and. You know, that's all good and well. It's just it doesn't bother me either way. If I walk down the street, and, you know, people every two seconds, they, oh, my God, look, hey, Johnny, what's up? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very easy. I'm very like, you know, I'm not into the whole, you know, hideaway kind of thing. 
It's crazy too because back then it was like popularity was in a bubble too because now like social media it's like it's so accessible. Back then it's like, you know, if you knew you knew and 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 you know, it wasn't like people knew where you were all the time and it, unless they were being told, you know. Now when you started the Jerky Boys, you had now was that like a friend of yours or a partner? Just because people would know, like, these are two guys or whatever. Now, I know you spoke and said that, um, you know, Jerky Boys is just Johnny Brenning. Um, how did you guys meet and, 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 and how was that relationship? And, and, you know, like, you know, back then. It goes back a long way. Um, and the funny thing is, I, it started by just me doing uh, the characters. And uh, that's how it all started in the first place, me doing all these characters. Um, but, uh, Kamal, uh, he, I met Kamal when he was just a kid. We lived on the same block. We lived on Crescent street in Astoria. Um, there was a stint that where I lived in Astoria from 1970, 1969 to 1976. And then I went back into Manhattan and, and that's when I started, uh, you know, back in the city But uh, in 69, we moved to Astoria for a quick stint. uh, Yeah, Astoria, Queens. And Kamal lived all the way down the block at the end of the block. And um, I guess you could say his first, like, knowing of me was like the the stuff that I used to do in my life. I was always in trouble. Uh, Not bad trouble, but just trouble being an American, like a punk ass kid. Uh, My sister had a life. She had a life-size doll, you know, five foot five, whatever the hell it was. It was a big doll. And, um, and I dressed it in my football gear. I played for ICYP down in, in Astoria by the Con Edison. Uh, what what were you, a quarterback? Yeah, no, no. You're a receiver. You like to take it, uh, no, uh, you know, no, uh, no, sizzle I was, I was, Back at that, in those days, I was just a tiny little pipsqueak. I was a safety. Um, but You, know, uh, you love the safety. Yeah, that's what I was back then. Because um, I was really tiny. But um, so I dressed I dressed my sister's doll up in all my football equipment, my helmet, the whole shoulder pads, everything. And I took the doll up to the roof. And I, because I, I, it was three-story tenement buildings. So, and it was on Crescent Street, right before Monte Cristi Catholic High School. So I went up to the roof with the doll. And, and next thing you know, I, I wait for the perfect opportune moment that a car is coming up the road, the, the street. And I, I time it perfectly and I run and I fire this, this fucking doll off over the fence down into the street. And I'll never forget to this day, I can still hear the helmet hit. The helmet hit first. And then you hear the car skidding and the car, like, you know, hit the fucking dummy. And everyone on the block, all the people on the block, holy shit, everybody comes running up the block. And, and, and even Kamal used to say, well, I remember it. And that, and, you know, and that scared the bejesus out of everybody. And that's the kind of trouble I used to get myself in. I'm uh, sure the neighborhood, the, na- the neighbors must have been talking shit. He's a fucking terrible boy. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, always- you should have made characters for your neighbors. You know what I mean? About talking about you, you know, uh, yeah. and Frank Rizzo. You know, well, that, it's funny. That's where I do. I do. I do. I, I, I pick up. I pick up a lot of uh, that. As a kid, I, I picked up a lot from these neighborhoods. You know, like I said, I, I, when I lived in Astoria, I was there for a very brief time, but yet I loved because 
I had Greek neighbors, I had Spanish neighbors, and as a little kid, I used to love the different sounds and the voices and the way it sounded. And so I just kind of soaked that stuff in. I don't know why. Um, you, some people's brains are hardwired to just do that. Sure, sure. I mean, you know, I play guitar, I play drums. and nice. So even on the guitar, it's very helpful with me on the guitar. When I, back in the day, I don't, I, you know, these kids today, I, I don't know how many times I tell them how lucky they are. If they want to pick up Hotel California guitar solo, they just have to go to their phone. Sure. And it's done. Press, press a button. And it's done. Back in the day when I wanted to pick up uh, Led Zeppelin or I wanted to pick up, you know, anything you could think of, I had to put the record on, put the needle on the record, listen, listen for a few notes, pick it up, and then transpose those notes from my brain to the guitar. And you got to make sure you're getting it right. And if you go on Google today or you go on whatever these uh, YouTube, and today what's beautiful about it is if you have a good ear, you can say, well, I want to learn how to play a lot of Jimmy Page's stuff from Led Zeppelin. And you can go and look for it. And there'll be 30,000 guys out there trying to show you some Jimmy Page stuff. And the beautiful thing about it today is as soon as you listen, you play the first guy. As soon as you listen, you go, he doesn't have it, man. He's not doing what I want. And then you'll hear the second guy, maybe the third guy. And you go, oh, my God, he's he's got that shit exact. And that's your guy. That's your guy. That's who you I stick with. And, and that's the beauty of today. These kids don't realize how lucky they are. They, you know, they and I try to tell them, you guys don't have to do any work today. There's no work. You just. It, it, I mean, they have so much access, you know, uh, have you yeah, seen these yeah. new have you seen these new um, prank calls where somebody called one Chinese restaurant ordered and then called another Chinese restaurant? Did you ever see these? I did that years ago. I did that 30 years ago. I did that 30 years ago where I had a phone where I called one Chinese restaurant and I called another Chinese restaurant and I had them yapping to each other and fighting with each other. So I did that. I did that. I had this phone. I, I, I don't even I don't even know if I still have it, but I was able and if I wanted to, I could get into the conversation as well. So and I did that a few times. But um, and I used to call Greek diners uh, uh, and I'd have a Greek uh, restaurant with another Greek restaurant. And it was some of the funniest stuff. And it was like, you know, call him, motherfucker. You keep calling him, motherfucker. And, and the guy's fighting. Hey, I don't call you, call me, motherfucker. And these guys go back and forth and they're innocent. They're completely innocent. I dial each of them and made them talk to each other. It was just great stuff. Um, I still, I think I might still even have some of that stuff laying around, but I never considered that, you know, jerky voice type material because I was just making, I was just pressing buttons per se, you know? You know, now what is your favorite you know, when you think about all these prank calls that you guys did as jerky boys, what is your favorite or most memorable one that you that you remember or enjoy? You know, I think you said it was the roof one, was it? Or, or no, it yeah, you know, I love the roof and call. I love it, but uh, that 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 is a, a Floridian that I that was down in Florida. I I wasn't in Florida. Uh, I don't believe um, I might have been, um, but anyway, uh, I don't think so. But um, there's too many calls. I can like never a fondest ever... memory, like a fondest memory of one. Um, I Jesus, I really be honest with you, I don't know. Um, I loved Dougie. 
Dougie Gales. I love, uh, I love them all, man. Um, one of my favorite calls of all time is Frank Rizzo when he, his most vulnerable, uh, time when he got hit by a truck in, 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 in the city. Um, it's called 1-800-HOUSE-MY-DRIVING. Um, but there's, uh, there's no way I could even like, cause a, a perfect example, even on the brand new Jersey Boys record, um, people are, I get thousands of emails every day. People telling me their favorite off the new record. They love this. The, the brand new Jerky Boys record, they like it better than any record I've ever done. I, I get that before, too. I get that with, you know, because I don't, I always told people over the years, my particular favorite record was Jerky Boys 3. Because so much work, so much work went into that record. Um, and um, the cover and the artwork. And, and that's how I feel about this brand new record. Because... It was uh, my I, Sean Taggart, my artist Sean Taggart, who we worked together for uh, for many many decades. And Sean again came on board and did the cover for the new record, which almost didn't happen. You're talking um, about that, you're talking about the New Jerky Boys, correct? Yes, right? the brand new Jerky Boys record. Well, um, actually, actually, let me let me run down real quick for people who know. First of all, where can they find? all these new stuff now did you partner with somebody is it available just on streaming yeah, platform? It's, it's, yeah the record company is called comedy dynamics yep shout uh, to comedy dynamics yeah comedy dynamics and um it's uh amazon uh itunes yep i'm sure you know, i'm sure yeah all all the original streaming yeah. platforms let me actually tell people uh some of these titles uh we got frank's leg braces boonie's basement tub Sal's stair climber mishap. Um, we got Sal's yogurt uh, Bikram goats. I don't know what the fuck that is, but yeah, Sal's yeah. in some shit. Um, kettle drum boy. You got Mike's rubber mulch. Perry. I mean, there's a bunch. So uh, is it yeah. out now? Is it available now? Yes, out it's, now? it's out now. It's out now. It's been out for a couple of months. And it went straight to number one. After 25 years of no Jerky Boys records, this went straight to number one. And it, it also pulled up the charts, Jerky Boys, its namesake from 30 years ago. And that went up the charts. And by the third or fourth day, Jerky Boys, the new one, was number one. And my old Jerky Boys record was number two. So, I mean, three, I mean, yeah, that's that's you, you, you can't you can't write history like that. You know, that's no, a, no, that goes to no. show that goes to show that. What the fuck were you doing for 25 years? You know, yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's pretty amazing. I just uh, I, I, uh, I, I, you know, I was doing family guy and I, you know, I'm doing other things. And, you know, I just never got around to saying, hey, let me sit down and let me make another Jerky Boys record like the way I did it. You know, 40 years ago when I was just sitting down and. You know, being a jackass. And, and just, you know, doing it for myself, not doing it, not doing it for this group over here or this group over there or these guys want this or this guy wants that. And, and I said, no, man, let me just make. And, and you can clearly hear in the in the brand new record that that's exactly how this record came out. And I get it every day from hundreds of fans telling me, Johnny, I can't tell you how much I love this new record because it's just so different. And it, and it just feels like you just did this. Because I got characters on here that most people might say, well, why did you put this guy on here? You know, nobody knows who the hell this guy is. And, and you know, I just did what I wanted, what made me feel right at the moment. And it, and it, thank God it worked. It worked. 
No, it no. sold out. It sold out on Amazon in like two days. It sold out. The uh, and and they had to restock I, the the vinyl. They have, it was sold oh, okay. out. Okay, so they're also selling vinyl. You know, vinyl is yeah. more of a nostalgic thing now. It's like a collector's yeah. item now. Well, now that's, the, that's the big thing now. If you go, there's no more record stores now. But if you go to um, uh, Barnes and Noble, I believe it is, and uh, uh, I forget what other stores, but they have a beautiful section now where vinyl's the big deal. You know, vinyl's the big shit. Now, um, now, let me ask you, back then, why didn't we have a character? I'm surprised you didn't have like this mob character because I feel like it was so powerful. The, you know, the mob at that time. I'm surprised you didn't make uh, poke fun at these like um, Italian. Well, that was, the whole premise, that was the whole premise. Uh, you could say we did that in the Jerky Boys motion picture. Because oh, the demolition whole, and all them? Yeah, the whole premise was that Frank Rizzo, you know, coming out, you know, all those years ago, uh, Frank Rizzo sounded like, you know, an Italian, like a, a tough guy, a mobster. So that was the idea when he made the Jerky Boys mo motion picture that, um, you know, Frank Rizzo, you know, the Jerky Boys, Johnny Brennan calls and makes the wrong call to the wrong people and gets involved with the mob. And that's, that's when they came with the limo. That's when they came with the limo. Yeah, that, that's how the whole... Jerky Boys, the Mafia, you know, we all got, and a lot of guys that were in my movie were, were real made guys, you know, they were uh, actual, you know, guys from the, uh, the, the, they were tough guys, they were real, they, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware, but, you know, in my movie, I had Big Pussy. From the Sopranos, yeah, Vinny yeah, Pastor, of course. Vinny I, Pastor, watch, Pastor. I, I watch it. Actually, speaking of that, for people listening, we're sitting down with the one and only Johnny Brennan, um, Jerky Boys creator. You know, when we think about it, how do you go from making prank phone calls, okay, to getting a label where you put out a record where they go platinum, right? Yeah, multi-platinum, multi-platinum. Now, all of a sudden, you got a movie. Take us through. Like, did someone call you? Like, how the fuck did this happen? Well, the beauty of it is uh, one of the greatest, one of the nicest people I ever met in my life was a big fan of, of my stuff. And uh, it, his name is Tony Danza. And Not Tony Danza. Knows, yeah, everybody knows Tony Danza. So Tony Danza was the one that uh, took, the, he was the one that took the first step. He, uh, he recognized, he said, he, he sees, holy shit, man, you know, millions and millions of records being sold. And, you know, this tough guy, Frank Wizzo. So he flew me out to Los Angeles, Tony Danza, first class, everything, first class, first class plane. First How did class he get in touch with you? He, I, I, guess, I guess it's through record labels or whatever like that. Wait, wait we're um, talking about Tony Danza, right? Who's yeah. the boss? Yeah, Tony Danza. Yep. Really? Yeah. Wow. The, the man. So he got in touch with me, it, it sets everything up, gets me out to Los Angeles. Uh, we go to a meeting with Tony at Sony. And in the meeting, I'll never forget Tony getting so pissed off because all of these uh, people sit, sitting around the big, big corporate table. And I'll, I'll never forget it was a woman. And, and she just kept looking like, hey, hey. Like, like she, she didn't get it. And I'll never forget Tony Danza slamming the table with six, slamming the table. He's like, what the fuck? And he's basically telling these people, this, this, is, a, this is major. You're talking millions and millions of records. Like we can think of something. We can do something here. 
I mean, we could, you know, but, but whatever reason, the people at that table at Tony's group, they just, they were just like deer in the headlights. They, they, they looked as dopey as stumps. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. So Tony was just, you know, he felt bad about it. But by the end of the day, I guess that this is how Hollywood works. I don't know how that, you know, people found out you're in town. So you have meetings now with Warner Brothers, uh, Walt Disney Pictures and blah, 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 down the list and the whole, the whole group. So you take all these meetings and I met with uh, Emilio Estevez and Emilio Estevez and he was Disney. So right away, you know, they're thinking, you know, we got this, we can do something with this. You know, you hire, you know, you hire a bunch of writers, you do what you got to do and you make it, you make it happen. And the funny thing is to this day, the jerky boys motion picture. It's so funny. Has, a massive following today. Like it's almost like it's like the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. It, the, the following it has today is like a hundred times bigger than when the movie first came out. So, which is very cool. And um, do you see any residuals on that? Like when you saw, yeah, yeah. you know, I got, I got, you know, we get, a, get a good deal. You know, it's the kind of thing where you're coming in, you're coming in green, you know. You're green. You got lawyers and all that stuff, but these guys, you know, they all they. It, it, it's just a game, man. It's a game. And when you're coming in, even you know, even though you're the man, you're you're you're, you're the talent, and you're the reason that all this exists. Yeah, and you're still nothing. You, you, they they don't give a shit. They take you to the fucking cleaners, you know. And um, but I have to say, for the for the project and the duration of the Disney was absolutely. Second to none, you know, best hotels, best this, best everywhere I went, top shelf treatment. So I can, I can, I would never look back. And you know, now the record business—that's the dirtiest, scummiest, that filthiest fucking business on the face of the earth. Now, horrible. Now, let me ask you. I'm sure they, you know, you're saying that because I'm sure they've been in your pockets, and the deal they gave you wasn't probably the best. Um, do you still own all of the Jerky Boys, like the IP of it, or or, or do these labels have it? The labels have it um, for now, for now. But, uh, you know, there's always, you know, there's things that you can do when these people don't behave correctly. And, um, and what is that, Frank? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's all legal bullshit. I was asking but, Frank. Yeah. Well, Frank, you know. That's the, Frank's never spread for me. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, you know, it, it is what it is. But like I said, I can never look back. It, it's, it's something that's pretty miraculous. You know, one minute, you know, you're in construction and uh, hanging off buildings for a living, you know, and the next minute you're starring on the big screen for uh, Disney pictures, touchstone pictures, and you're making your own, you know, starring in your own movie. I mean, you know, it's pretty extraordinary, you know, how many people can actually say that, you know, and not to mention with the biggest, the biggest celebrities like Alan Arkin, you know, uh, Academy Award winner, Alan Arkin, William Hickey, uh, Brad Sullivan. I mean, these are all Academy Award winning uh, sure, sure. actors. Suzanne, Suzanne Shepard from Goodfellows. I mean, it was just one after the other. Tom Jones, Ozzy Osbourne. And these people. They wanted to be, they had to be in that movie. They, it wasn't like we, 
hey, is it possible, Ozzy? Would you think what you would like to be in the journey? These people called us. They wanted to be in the movie. Sure. So it was it was a once in a lifetime deal. It was very, very, very impressive. Very amazing deal. Internets, it's Premium Pete. Now, do you ever listen to the show and have questions about some of my classic interviews? Maybe the Pistol Pete one, or Ed Lover, or the founder of Venmo, or Gary V. Who knows? Or have you ever just wished you could reach out to me directly and ask me what it was like to do those interviews? Or ask me some follow-up questions? Now you have a chance, okay? Maybe you want to ask me about a new pair of sneakers that I just dropped. Or maybe you want to ask me what the secret ingredients in that premium pea pasta sauce is. Well, you're not going to get that. Okay, I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, whatever it is you want to ask me here on the Premium Pete Show, now you're going to have your chance to do that on Stereo. I want you to go to the Apple Store or Google Play and download Stereo today. Okay, it's a Stereo. It's an app. It's amazing. Listen, it's where now, if you're not familiar with Stereo, it has thousands of live social conversations with a wide range of genres for every interest, including news, comedy, sports, and more. Now, when you log on to the app, you get to choose whether to be a co-host, participate as a guest, or simply listen in on exclusive conversation, okay? Listen to me. So all the Premium Petro fans, please join me on Stereo app for uncensored opinions and exclusive content. How do you do it? It's simple. I told you. You just download the Stereo app and then follow the show at Stereo.com forward slash Premium Petro, okay? When you do that, you're going to get an opportunity to chop it up with me, your boy Premium Pete, live and direct for the next 10 weeks. We could talk about the latest episode of the Premium Pete Show, but we also could talk a little bit about Goodfellas or maybe Casino. Whatever's on your mind, I'm open to it all. Again, one more time, go to Stereo.com forward slash Premium Pete Show and download the Stereo app. I love it. And so will you. Internets, I already told you there's another podcast that's a must listen now. It's Built to Last. It's a podcast by American Express that highlights the stories, history, and continued legacy of black-owned small businesses that shape American culture. Okay, let me put you on. In honor of Black History Month, American Express has continued to shine a light on these black-owned businesses with the release of a special episode highlighting Rose Nacard, the first known coffee vendor in New Orleans in the 1800s, and Sippin' Sonder, a community and well-being-focused coffee shop in Inglewood, California. Okay, let me put you on a little bit more. If you haven't already, check out the debut season of Built to Last and hear host Elaine Welterot explore how black business leaders of our past have inspired today's black-owned small businesses. Okay, the season features small business owners like Pinky Cole, Volantis Food Truck Restaurant, Slutty Vegan, Anifa Movember, um, a cutting-edge designer, and so many other amazing small business owners. Okay, plus there's a special check-in with modern-day Renaissance woman, Issa Rae. You know her. As Built to Last uncovers and celebrates past and present stories of black entrepreneurship in America, we hope to encourage all of our listeners to support these businesses and also the black-owned businesses in your community today. Check out the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You know, you, you said Kamala about 22 years ago didn't want to be involved. Have you not spoke to him in 22 years as well? Oh, it's more than that. It's it's gotta be. So was it was it respectfully like was it just a falling out or no 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 he wanted to go and make pictures. Once we did the movie, he actually he wanted to go and make his own movies and he wanted to do uh he wanted to do uh he wanted to write and direct and do all that stuff. And so that's what he did. He went and start, you know started doing that stuff. I, I, you know, I create I, I created the Jerky Boys. I was doing the Jerky Boys before Kamal ever got in. 
you know, so, and then Kamal comes over and gets, you know, gets in, I say, hey, whatever we go out, we do a couple of things together. And, and then, you know, uh, in 19, whatever, 96 or 95, 97, right after the movie, Kamal wants out. So that's not up to me. I, you know, I, I, I still have this stable of characters that I do all this stuff. So I, you know, I can't just stop doing my stuff. You know, I got to keep going. I got yeah, millions. No, of I got millions of fans all over the globe. I got to keep, you know, keep the characters going. But um, in some way, shape, or form, and that's around the same time, Family Guy, uh, Seth MacFarlane came, and I actually read for Peter. I read for the main character in Family. Really? Guy. So you read yeah. for Peter Griffin? Yeah, I read for Peter Griffin, and this is before there was a show. I don't even think there was a title yet. I still have the script upstairs in my bedroom. Um, in my closet. Uh, you keep it underneath it. your pillow? Yeah, no, they sent it to me uh, reading for Peter, main character. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm using one of your something that you your character would say. Like, I have the script upstairs and I'm like, yeah, it's under my pillow. You know what I mean? Yes. Or I keep it close yes. to my sheets. I have it upstairs. It's in my bidet. <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep it in my bidet. Johnny, listen. How the fuck do you know how to make deals when you're just a young kid creating and doing prank calls? You got a movie come. I mean, obviously you get a lawyer, right? But who advised you to get these lawyers? And then family guy comes calling. How the fuck do you know how much to charge? Right. How do you know what you're worth? Right. Did you get an agent or, how, you know, yeah, you no. looking, looking back in time, you know, you could always have done better, you know, cause you don't know. And you're getting into a whirlwind because these people are coming these people are coming to you because they love you. They, they, they know that you have something that touches the world. Um, and they come to you for that. But, you know, in, in, the, in this business, if they can get it for, for, you know, for Dick, you know, for dirt cheap that, you know, and, and you got to have somebody in your corner that, you know, like Elvis had Colonel Parker. Mm, mm. Right. Um, and he told Elvis, uh, you know, the, you know how the story goes, or at least I heard it goes. He took 50 percent of everything Elvis made. 50 percent. But he said, you know. You ain't never going to look back. And, and, and that's the that's the kind of people that you need in your corner. If you're, you know, you need people in your corner that know what's going on, know what you're worth and know how to get you paid for that. And unfortunately, in this business. You, you, sometimes you just don't always get the right people around, you know? Now, did Tony Danza wind up getting a producer credit on the uh, Jerky Boys? Yes, movie? absolutely. Nice. Hey, listen, see, that's why when you put shit together, it's glad to see people get credit for it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have had it any other way. Well, well, I mean, listen, when you got somebody slamming their hands on a, in a conference room telling people, that's the man you want on your team. Well, it's exactly right. Exactly right. And not just that, it was because he was the one that was a man and stepped up and made it all happen without Tony Danz. I would have never, I would have never been out to LA. But how do you negotiate the money that they give you? Like, how do you negotiate that? Well, that's not up to me. I have nothing to do with that. That's once again, that's, you know, that's your team, that's your lawyers. But you you know, when you heard what they were going to give you, you were comfortable with that. You know, is that something? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't fight it because they compare it. They compare it to other things. And other people, other yeah, yeah other, other people, and in comparison, at the time, uh, it was uh, pretty pretty substantial. Um, but they tried, you know, 
the Jerky Boys were very popular already, though, in the uh, the record business. Now, what so, about like quote like memorabilia and stuff like that? You guys like then you put out like I mean, obviously the cow who made the character with that like the 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 guy with the eyeballs, you know, the tongue. Like who made that logo? Like who made the Jerky Boys logo? I I, I told you I mentioned his name a little while ago. His name is Sean Taggart. He's the artist that I had before there was any Jerky Boys. I was I believe I was doing T-shirts or bumper stickers back in the way back in the early eighties or something like that. Sean Taggart was doing my artwork for me then. So it was, uh, it, it, it was just a no brainer that Sean and I would work together in the development of the characters throughout, throughout all these years. Now did Sean rub uh, sand on their ass nipples? So every now and again, um, he would do that only to get me, you know, a little bit awake and ready to go. But, um, it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a regular to do, but Sean is uh, he's he's a good sport about that stuff. You're fucking hysterical. The way you just you you, you put a straight face on didn't say anything. Uh, you're a sick bat. Let me tell you something. You got to be crazy to do these type of things. Did you ever get in trouble? Like, you know, I know you said you were a trouble kid, like meaning like did a prank go wrong where it's like you prank somebody and they want to come to your house or call your father or mother or like fucking it was like a, a problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, not for me, because I never really did prank phone calls. It wasn't something I really cared to do uh, as a kid. I never, ever I wasn't it, prank phone calls. I, I was much more enjoyable and enjoyed when I was doing real things to real people. Like, um, like I said, with the dummy off the roof or, yep. or doing, I, I like to see real people in situations and reactions from real people. Um, I remember throwing things from my window in my bedroom on the first floor of 2051 Crescent Street. And I would make these giant wads of fucking toilet paper. They would turn them into like snowballs. And as cars would come up the block, I'd throw them through the window of the cars and you know, getting in trouble in, in a billion ways, but in real life, physical. To me, phone calls never even, I, you know, when people doing prank phone calls back then, I'm just like, you know, that didn't even register to me. They're like, hey, let me make some prank phone calls. Not something that even, it just, that, it, how it happened was it came across just by like a happy accident of doing my characters and then wanting my characters to be interacting with someone and then saying, oh, the phone is a great medium for that. And that's how that came about. But um, that was not my, you know, that was not my go to, you know. It, but it is funny that something you came up with kind of traveled worldwide. You know, you think yeah, about it, yeah. right? like you think about it, right? Like prank calls, coming up with characters, you know, um, would sell like who the fuck would think, you know, at this time in the 80s and the 90s that that this would sell millions of records, um, that this would obviously uh, turn into a film, uh, a movie in theaters, um, that you would obviously uh, do a character voice um, in Family Guy, that you would make, I mean, millions of dollars. I mean, I, I hope at least it's got to be millions. Uh, you know, I'm sure they, 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 these... I don't want to abuse the record labels, but the the the, the business uh, definitely has their hands in your fucking pocket. That's just how it is. But I mean, that's that's some fucking like honestly, Johnny. You, you know, I mean, maybe you don't get a chance to think about it, but a kid from fucking Manhattan. You know what I mean? Like it's like 
that's some fucking yeah. journey, man. That's that's you, you, something to be real fucking proud of. And to be honest with you, even when I think about it, like, you know, even like my aunt growing up, my aunt loved the uh, jerky boys. I used to call and prank her all the time about her cable. She was like the most gullible person. But this is something that was in my family. You know what I mean? Like meaning where we used to, um, you know, uh, bother her. It, it, it's It's just those are stories worldwide for people. So, like I said, sometimes you got to sit back and think, um, you know, it's it's inspirational, especially at a time where technology wasn't the easiest to be uh, to get it out there. You know, like there's a kid right now making prank call phone calls that has 300 views on YouTube. Nothing wrong with it. It's just it's not easy to, you know, go go into, a, you know, the stratosphere, so to speak. So anyway, uh, just giving you your uh, quote unquote flowers. Um, the Jerky Boys was iconic, monumental, um, something that me and a lot of my friends loved. Uh, the laughs were incredible. I mean, we had terrible weed at that time, so we needed good laughs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah you know, it's 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 funny when you think about it, because um, I believe that there is, uh, you know, we're all on this tiny little, like this tiny little globe. And if you get in this spaceship and you get far away as you can get, you see this tiny little thing and, you know, it's unbelievable. And I believe that everybody has something that they can give to it, that they can give to this place, you know, something. And whether it's laughter or like whether it's a guy like the other night, everybody watches Tom Brady, you know. Just, you know, do his thing over and over and people can't stand him because he keeps on winning. And everybody has something, something, you know, it, it, it's a big deal. Like what you just said, when you're talking about pranking your aunt and, and because, you know, you're thinking about, oh, my God, you maybe Sal Rosenberg or you think. And I, I, I know and it gets back to something that you were saying earlier. So I know now after all these years, really, how much it does mean. And it took me a long time to learn that um, all through these years of being you know, famous, selling multi-platinum records. And I never really took the time to think, what does it mean? Um, and as crazy as it is, it's something very simple. It's just me doing voices and characters and, and getting them into situations. But it means the world. To some people, it means, you know, it means a great deal to some it people. Does. It does. It does. It does. Because it, it breaks the, the you know, the monotony of the everyday life. Right. You know what I right. mean? Right. Um, and it took, it took me a long time to really understand that. And I think it hit me like a ton of bricks. Just these last few months when I came out with the new record, I, I had no idea that it would be accepted and 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 the way it was and i really and that's what taught me to really look and say it is important you know well this new record this new this new record has 14 tracks on it um there's some fucking very funny um skits on this like i was saying there's so many uh kettle drum boy brad saul's assistance uh you know i robot uh frankie balloon sculpting there's so many that you can find on all your streaming platforms. Just search for Jerky Boys. I'm sure it's on probably Spotify and uh, um, 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 where else did we say it was? Uh, Amazon. Uh, Amazon, Amazon, iTunes. 
Yeah, and but it, it it is a it's a cool trip in life where you can say that you've come full circle, and and this almost never happened. This record almost did not happen because um, I wasn't ever going to. Uh, I thought I was never going to do another Jerky Boys record. Um, but, oh, tell the people said, how how did it happen? It, like, it happened. Did, yeah. it, it was a joint uh, venture with Comedy Dynamics and. Um, I said, you know, why not? And it was, it was on, I, I, you know, after all those years, it was uh, my birthday uh, in, uh, I believe it was 2017 or 18. And I was doing a live show at Kingsland in Brooklyn. And I announced that I would, I was going to do this uh, brand new Jerky Boys record, traditional Jerky Boys record has been done because I don't have any material saved. So there's nothing in the can. So if I put out a brand new Jerky Boys record, it's going to be all brand new Jerky Boys material, brand spanking new. And it'll be in this age, 2020, 2019, 2021. So I announced it to the crowd and everybody was cheering and happy. And um, then I couldn't make it happen. My wheels weren't working and I was just like, I don't, oh my God, I don't know if it's going to happen. But meanwhile, I already signed with Comedy Dynamics. So I got to, I got to figure this out. So a year goes by, you know, cause don't forget my birthday was December 1st. So it only took, you know, a month and then so we're, we're, we're Sagittarians actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm December 1st. And so I'm December so it, 17th. Yeah. And then my birthday went into a month later and I'm now, now we're here into the new year, 2018, I believe it was. And 2019. And were they breaking chops? Were they like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't blame them, you know, yeah. because I announced it back then or, you know, in 2018-ish. So, so creatively, you, so creatively, you're saying you got like stuck a little, like you didn't know. Yeah. If, like, yeah. Yeah. I yeah get, and I, how did you, I, how did you, I, how did you I, break I, out of that? I was completely, completely stuck. And I, I guess writers would call it writer's block. I just, nothing yep, would yep. come. And, and I think it was just me. I think it was me turning myself off, just saying, oh, man, this is good. I don't know about this, man. And then just going, okay, shut the door, put it away for a while. And that's what I would do. And, I, and then I, 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 I said that, that was the end of it, the record company, that, you know, like, but, you know, we got it. So I had to buckle down and I had to, uh, so I got in my truck every day and I uh, had my device and I drove to the uh, Cornwall police station in Cornwall, New York. Because there's a big, they have a big cell tower right there behind the courthouse and the police station. And that's where I made this new album, the brand new Jerky Boys record. And after a day, a day of, of just buckling down and just trying to say to myself, just have fun, have fun. Just do it like do it. I, I was telling myself literally because of all the things that were going on in this world today. How the fuck do you how am I going to how am I going to be funny? How am I going to even feel funny? So, but I had to get into my head and I had to get rid of everything else and just get into the characters and just erase everything else and just make believe it's, you know, like it was, you know, 40 years ago. And I did it. And I would listen after, uh, you know, the time was getting close. I would, I said, oh my God, this, this is, this is pretty damn good. And I would be like this here, this one's pretty good. This is amazing. I think. But again, I never set the bar because you never know with these things. 
And I can't be the one to say, but I have a feeling that this might be, this might be, this might be. So I pick out my, my bunch and I put them in order. Um, and I send the record into the uh, record label. And, um, and you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen from that point. You know, you just, you just don't know how the world will, will accept it. So what did the and, record company say when they got it? They, they called you back and yeah, did they course. like it? Then, yeah, of course. Cause then it, then it's, it's a constant back and forth of, uh, thank yous and, 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 and artwork. And this goes here, that goes there. So it's a constant back and forth for eh, a couple of weeks. And, and then you have your, your, your finished product, but, um, there's really not any input uh, as far as, oh, my God, this is none of that. Everything is just let's just see what we got. And the record comes out and goes straight to number one. And, 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 and it hangs there. It hung there for some quite some time. Um, something it, it, to be proud of. Something to be proud of, Johnny. Something yeah. And, of. And, it, and it pulled all. I didn't even realize this until my manager called me and told me, take a look at the charts. All my other Jerky Boys records and pull them all back up to, to the top of the charts, um, which is extraordinary. Um, I, I don't know if you have a picture. You probably have a picture of the album cover. Yeah, yeah. The, the new one? Yeah. Yeah, I'll put it in the video. Okay, cool. Cool. Sh- yeah, I'll put it in the video. I don't know if I have it uh, here, but I'll put it in the video. All right, cool. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so that. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's just it's an amazing. So the jerky boys are back. That's the yeah, most the, important. And the jerky boys, people have to people know they they they, they always remember. The jerky boys are Frank Rizzo, Saul Rosenberg. You know, all the kind of tag tours, uh, big old badass Bob the Cattle Rustler. It's almost you think of it like uh, uh, Looney Tunes. So yep. when, you, when you see Looney Tunes, you see Daffy Duck, you see all these uh, Elmer, you see all these guys. And that's the jerky boys is pretty much. I, that's I like think my, of it as Howard Stern, like the whack pack. You know what I mean? Well, that's, uh, that's what my mom, when my mom came up with the name, that's what she was getting at. She was thinking like along those lines of Looney Tunes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. All these crazy, wacky yeah. people. She, now, let me, said, yeah. yeah. She said, you've been doing these, all these characters since you're a little kid. Why don't you just call it the fucking jerky boys? I mean, mom came with the golden, you know, I, you know, the, the, the light bulb came on obviously yeah. when you told that story uh, a, a little bit ago. But, yeah. you know, um, all this success, you know, like the money that came in. Do you remember like when you bought something from this success that you said to yourself, I did that? You know what I mean? Do you, do you remember? Was it a house? Was it like a cause? Like, a, did you, you know, do you remember early on? Were you, were you careless with your money or were you respectful or, you know, how, how was that coming into money? Because from what I know, you, you didn't have all this money. And, and I'm not saying you made tremendous amount of money, but I'm sure life was changed because of Jerky Boy. Well, yeah, yeah. But you have to understand it's so much more complex than that. Um, I was always working. I always had really good jobs. And I was always uh, a guy that um, I never really wanted a boss. Never. I only had you know a boss a handful of times in my life. And I always wanted to do something where I worked for myself. Um, because uh, I wasn't very good with bosses, and um, and when, you I, say, when you say you weren't very good, you know, it just I don't didn't. like. I never liked anyone telling me what to do or having somebody over me, or you know, I got to listen to this asshole. And that that I, that was I was very very bad at having. In a sure, boss. you had a problem with authority. 
Yeah, I guess you could say that. I mean, uh, I, 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 I relate. I relate. Yeah, no, I don't know if it's so much authority, but I guess, you know, I just didn't want a boss. But, um, you know, so, you know, I always kind of tried to run my own or have my own business or do my own type of thing. Um, and I, if you listen in my, in my skits, too, I, I actually even mentioned that. I had problems with my fucking boss. It's, that's the, the famous, uh, the, uh, auto, the, co- the auto salesman. Yeah. 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 What, yeah what do you say? What, what happened? What happened with your boss? That's what he says, yeah. you know? Yeah. I had problems with my fucking boss. But anyway, um, and I also included it too with the whole, the whole union thing. And when I was, uh, the, I remember the union always coming for me when I was a kid working as a doorman. And I used to tell the union delegates, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. Get, leave me the fuck alone. They would always come looking for me to get my book. And I would be like, you know, just get, get the fuck out of here. And, and that's why in, in one of my skits very early on, I did the same thing. I never went with that union shit. Um, so that, that I was always um, a bit of, you know, going, always going against the ring like that. Um, I always wanted to be on my own. I didn't want to be part of groups. I didn't want to be in a fucking group. I don't need anybody protecting me. I can protect myself. But, um, you know. It is what it is. And that's also too, when you're very young. Sure. You I know? Mean, but you learned a lot of lessons, you know, you, yeah, you, you learn lessons, you learn lessons, but in the, back in the day, you're a young, you're a young punk kid and you're like, fuck you to everybody. So, but, um, you know, I, I always had good job. So I was always making big money. I was always, or, or really good money. So moving into this, I remember like big checks coming in and, saying to myself you know to me it was not about the numbers uh, again i'll never forget one of the you know the record labels oh you, you know you, you x amount of you know and i said well how can i do better what can i do to make that better so to me it wasn't about the money or the check it was about how do how do i make that better how do i become more successful in that area and that's kind of what i focused on you know i didn't focus on the money or can i get myself a nice car I didn't do any of that shit, you know, but yeah, no, of course. But 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 I'm sure it led to, you know, cars or houses or or a better life, you know, um, you know, well, just by being creative. You know what I mean? Well, like, if you can if you can make good money by being creative and you can, you know, did you did you buy, did you buy a rope chain, Johnny? Did you buy a rope chain and a no, Rolex? I don't, wear, I don't wear any jewelry. Never me, did. Me yeah, I never, I never did. I did, I did wear jewelry. I gave it up because I don't care about flesh anymore. No, you know, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I'm silly don't like I'm silly like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't wear jewelry because I can't can't stand it on my body. I can't. I hate it. So I never wore jewelry. I my wife to this day she's furious about the fact I don't wear a wedding ring because I put I can't put it on my finger. I can't. I feel like a cat. Like I'm trying to get it off my body. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. So so as we uh, wind this down, I'm um. We'll we'll go over a couple more things. Like I said, uh, sitting here with the one and only creator of Jerky Boys, Johnny Brennan, just going over the journey, man, just the unfiltered journey of Johnny Brennan and the Jerky Boys. You know, the music label, platinum selling multiple multiple millions and millions and millions of of streams and downloads, which eventually led to a movie. Um, And now, 25 years later, um, Jerky Boys are back, you know, back. Um, back for comedy. What a better time. Couldn't think of a better time to get a laugh. 
um, I've always been a person of, uh, uh, you know, comedy. I love a quick laugh because I always said to myself, if I don't laugh, I'll cry. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And especially in this time and day, um, you know, it, it, what better? So, you know, like I said, I wanted people, you know, sitting down with you. I wanted people who knew of you to learn a little bit more um, and people who didn't know about you uh, to learn about you. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually wanted uh, uh, not like a prank, but I want to I want to show you of how uh, uh, crazy uh, my aunt is real quick. And then we'll do a drop and we'll end the episode. Uh, but uh, hold on. I want to show you. Go with the flow. But I want to show you this. Watch. This is a 77-year-old woman. You know? Watch. She may be actually be in future Jerky Boys after this, you know? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, hello. Is this uh, Aunt Barbara? Yes, it is, Aunt Barbara. All right, listen, I have my friend Saul Rosenberg on the phone. He wants to know about the days that when you were stripping. See, my Aunt Barb, Saul, yeah, she had, she yeah, had, yeah, she had yeah. big breasts. Listen to me. And she would, uh, um, when she would press them, bubbles would come out of them. She would get a lot of tips from it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I got tips. Like. Now, let me ask you, Aunt Barb, do you remember Saul Rosenberg or Frank Rizzo? Do you know any of those guys? Because they used to give you a lot of tips when you were in the strip club. Yeah. Big tippers. Yeah. Big tippers. Well, say hello to Saul. Hello, Saul. Hi. How are you? How's everything? How are you? He's got me stripping in clubs and getting big tips. Tell him about your partner, um, 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 Martha. Martha. What was her name? Her name was Pussycat. And why is that? When she used to come out to the strip stage, she would have about eight or nine cats with her. So they used to call it a pussycat. She did have eight or nine cats, and now... Now, let me ask you something. And, Bob, uh, I was telling uh, Johnny, you've been watching wrestling for many years. She would sit at the end of the couch and scream at the TV. Oh, I would. Now... I haven't watched it because then it went on to USA, and I didn't get USA. And then they brought it back to Channel 5. I don't even know we have the rest of us. Well, listen. Ask her, ask her if she knew... Uh, she was a fan of Ivan Putsky. Do you know Ivan Putsky? And Bob, do you know Ivan Putsky? No. Okay, now let me ask him. Do you do you remember the Jerky Boys? Yeah, the uh, Hardy Boys. No, not wrestling. The Jerky Boys, not Hardy Boys. Who are the Jerky Boys? You don't remember the prank calls with Sal Rosenberg and Frank Rizzo? Are you mean the ones that pranks? Yes. Do you remember those? I was a prank. They were nuts. Yeah. I got, I, you know what it is? You, you didn't have your espresso this morning, so I got a feeling that you're uh, laying down and sleeping, but that's why I wanted Saul Rosenberg to say hello to you real quick, okay? Because he knew you yeah. used to be, um, you know, in the strip clubs, showing the breasts with the bubbles coming out, you know? Yeah, I'm not the pussy cat dollar. Well, say goodbye to Saul. Bye, Sal. See you. Bye. Yeah, I need Aunt Bob to be turned up. She wasn't that turned up. But anyway, um, listen, you know, great, great time sitting down with you. Like I said, um, soon I want to, uh, we'll sit, we'll sit in person, kind of get a little, little uh, camaraderie. I definitely want to push this out there and let everybody know, um, you know, about the Jerky Boys in their back. So I think it was great, man, that we were able to sit down and kind of go over the journey from, you know, unfiltered from you. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's an amazing one, and and is is thousands of terrific stories that go go along with it. You know. Yeah, let's do the. Um, so actually, um, what we'll do is we'll end the episode and then we'll do a drop. So listen, Johnny Brennan, creator of Jerky Boys, um, just a funny individual, a creative. Um, like I said you know, very at that time to be able to do what he did is something that's very inspiring. So I want you to go out there, check out the jerky boys, go back and check out the catalog, check out the old jerky boy stuff and let us know, you know, um, you're on social media, right? Johnny Brennan. Um, yes, it's uh, Johnny Brennan. They can go to um, the, the jerky boys.com. Um, also uh, cameo.com forward slash Johnny Brennan. So That's the right. cameos, people are going nuts over the cameos. So, yeah, um, there, yeah there, there's a bunch of ways they could check me out. I love it. The one and only Johnny Brennan, creative Jerky Boys. Thanks for being on the Premium Pete Show. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. Thank you always to the fans. Thank you, guys. Oh, man, that was a great episode with one of my childhood favorites, the legendary, the iconic Jerky Boys. Now, I hope you enjoyed that. Can't wait for next week's episode, but more importantly, do you want to advertise on the Premium P Show? Are you a small brand, big brand? Don't matter. You want to advertise on other shows? Yeah, I can take care of that. Email me today, thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Again, thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. You want, you want to learn some questions about podcasting, producing, sound, scripted podcasts, advertising, whatever it is, hit me up. One more time, the email is thepremiumpetro at gmail.com, okay? Say hello. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next episode. Internets, peace and blessings to you and your family. Peace.